This is the EA Soapbox. Today's topic is EA Rediscovered, the Future State. Hello everyone, this is George Paris here along with Tim Westbrock. Welcome to the third episode of our EA Soapbox podcast series. For those of you listening for the first time, our goal for these podcasts is to reproduce for you the same types of conversations that we have daily with our clients and other industry colleagues, offering our opinions on a broad range of EA-related topics. We hope that we leave you with food for thought. As always, we encourage you to reach out to us through our website with your comments and any additional questions. Before we dive into today's topic, though, I'd like to introduce you to Tim. Tim and I have been colleagues in enterprise architecture since the late 1990s, and over the last 20 years, we've been challenging each other as we sought the most practical and cleanest perspectives on how to make EA and the EA practitioners successful in their jobs. Don't be surprised to hear a few differing perspectives in these podcasts, right, Tim? Uh, thanks, George. Tim here. Hello, everyone. And George, you know I would never disagree with you. <laughs> Actually, while we do align on almost all core EA, EA ideas, I think I can safely say that our perspectives on degree and approach do vary. And that's partly because we've had you know, different uh, experiences working with different companies over the last 20 years. The good news is that looking at issues through differing lenses is a good thing. It stimulates thinking and analysis and gives better results than one-size-fits-nobody framework approaches. But let's get to today's topic. George, you mentioned our title is EA Rediscovered. What's behind that topic? Yeah, I guess I was the instigator of this one. Um, when you and I were sitting down talking about topics for upcoming podcasts, uh, I expressed to you my frustration of late because I get the feeling that many voices in the industry have become pretty visibly negative on the value and necessity of EA. While there's always been naysayers out there, it seems now that barely a week goes by where I don't read someone declare that EA is dead or EA doesn't work. Uh, they offer any of a number of different alternatives from agile development, digital transformation, tool-based modeling languages, IT for IT, and a bunch of other approaches and methodologies. I do think they miss the point, though. You know, None of these things are really a substitute for EA as it was originally conceived to be. That's why we're here today, to help kick off an effort to rediscover enterprise architecture, revisiting some of the core ideas. Uh, and today we're specifically going to talk about the notion of future state. Tim, I know you see it too. What are your thoughts on why we're seeing an uptick in sentiment about enterprise architecture and why people think it isn't working? Well, I think there are a lot of different factors. You know, um, it seems like for whatever reason, so many of the companies I've been working with lately seem really resource constrained. And let's face it, the, the people that are generally involved in enterprise architecture tend to be some of the highest performers. You know, they've had success in the past, usually in some kind of delivery role. And now there's a need, uh, whether it's pressure from the business or taking advantage of different opportunities that only have a, a short time frame to do so, to get those really spectacular resources involved in things. And so they tend to pluck them from an enterprise architecture capacity. Um, as always, I think IT internally sees its value as being delivered through projects. So that project focus is always what IT kind of bills itself as. It's, it's what it sees as 
what it needs to prioritize above all else. And so some things like enterprise architecture, portfolio management, change management, training, personal development, they all take a back seat. Um, I, I think that uh, coupled with uh, a lack of initial investment in enterprise architecture to make it effective at the project level uh, are the reasons that, that I'm seeing that this is such an issue. Um, when it comes to strategic versus project focused, George, what do you tell people about whether EA should worry about project delivery? Well, you know, the first thing I tell them is you you have to survive to to fight another day. So clearly um, responding to the needs of the organization is a priority. And I don't think any of us in the EA discipline would ever say otherwise. Uh, but it goes a little bit beyond that as well. Um, in my opinion, staying connected to what's going on on the ground in the in the enterprise um, is a major input to enterprise architecture decision making. Um, being involved and, and listening and watching and understand where the priorities are and where the pain points are can only be had by participating in the work that goes on. So there's, there's a very practical and pragmatic reality of being involved with it and not appearing as a standoff ivory tower organization. Uh, and in that same spirit, um, you know, one of the goals of enterprise architecture is to help transform and drive the organization to a better place. And one of the ways to do that is to roll your sleeves up and get hands on with projects. So I think there's the possibility to get the best of both worlds here by, you know, carving off a little bit of time to keep the, the high level thinking process in motion, the, the strategic long range view of how things um, need to roll out with direct hands-on integration or interaction with everything else in the company. Um, but the, you know, the, the real key here is to how do you spend that little bit of time that you can afford to spend in the strategic space? And, and I believe that's really to work on this notion of future state. You know, the primary role of enterprise architect is to develop a future state and to help the organization drive towards it. Projects are the means to that end uh, as you know, that I've just described. But speaking of future state, that also is one of the knocks we hear about enterprise architecture. The same people that, that are you know, speaking uh, that enterprise architecture doesn't work and who are um, focused on short-term delivery also reject the idea that developing the future state is a worthwhile endeavor. You know, Tim, what do you think about that? Well, in my opinion, all the project-focused perspectives lead to a less than optimal project portfolio. You know, the intention of EA is to both provide guidance to individual projects, but also to provide guidance to the portfolio decision makers. You know, strategies like what are we going to do about cloud, mobile, data lakes, uh, you know, buy before build, as well as a business landscape, you know, a, a, a future state vision for how we're going to transform not necessarily the technology of the company, but how the company operates, how it uses information. Um, that's the kind of uh, views and artifacts and models that portfolio decision makers need in order to allow enterprise architecture to have its really impactful value. Uh, it's, it's really not at the project level. I think um, EAs try to provide their their worth um, by impacting projects. But what we've seen is that those companies 
that take an even bigger step back, take a longer term view, a wider perspective, are able to create future state artifacts, whether they be capability models, uh, roadmaps, um, they're able to provide that guidance to portfolio decision makers so that they can then make informed decisions about investing their time and people and money in efforts that not only meet the immediate needs, but either position them or actually deliver for them future capabilities. I mean, what do you think? What, what do you mean? What do you think we mean when we talk about developing a future state? How is it different from what people think now? Well, you know, I've been thinking a lot and reading a lot about the people that that claim that future state is is you know um, is is not a value add activity, and I think the biggest misperception that people have is they think future state is more than what we're really trying to tell it, or specifically more detailed. They they view it as uh, an engineered design, much as the same way we create a, a design for a project. Uh, for an enterprise, though, um, we perceive the, the future state to be something different. It's really a portfolio view. Uh, it's designed to reflect the collective characteristics and relationships and properties and the various elements we want to have in our future portfolio. Uh, it's the big rock stuff. It's driven by uh, an aspirational view of the capabilities we think we need to have as a, as a business and the associated elements of information, technology, and solutions and how they all come together. Uh, the, the idea here is to you know, set out a goal or a target that arranges them all in a way that makes sense for you uh, and is consistent with the core principles. And if you have that, then you can guide the organization and, and improve decision making on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and you also have to understand that, you know, yeah, the, there's no way to achieve that perfect future state view because that future state portfolio view can't be perfect. Uh, it's being measured against a changing target. The world changes as we move forward. It'll never be perfect, and the future state is never going to be static. Uh, it's better to think of it as a guiding framework for ongoing decision making, and one that's that we continually revisit and refine as necessary. We like to say that you're chasing the future state, you know, always trying to get a little bit closer to it. Yeah, and I think that's in contrast to the current state which reflects the portfolio view of all the things that you currently have in place. It's a reflection of the past from this moment backward in time. As such, you don't want to design to that. You have all of the built-in obstacles and restrictions. You do, however, want to select out the best things that you have in place today and recertify them as part of the future state you're looking towards. Yeah, that's right. When a when an organization sets out to create a future state, uh, you've got to drive it through this continuous and purposeful analysis of the kind of company you want to be and what it means to be successful, and immediately um, populate that with uh, you know the greatest hits of all the things you've done well uh, that are. Uh, currently in your environment and eliminating those parts that are a drag on your future. You know, if you do this, the net result is guidance that informs decision making and is a value add for the work of ongoing projects and, uh, and even innovation inside the company. Tim, I know the, the question often comes up uh, when we get into this conversation about future state. 
Uh, and that is how frequently and under what circumstances do you revisit the future state? How would you answer that? And, and since we're coming to the close of this podcast, what would you advise uh, for our listeners as we finish this thing? Well, re- regarding the timeframes and uh, frequency associated with future state, um, generally we say that the three to five year planning horizon with annual updates is typical. The planning horizon could change based on your company's business strategy planning horizon. If it's you know shorter or, or longer than three to five years, you, you want to mimic that. And although annual updates are typical, um, there will also be event-based triggers like mergers and acquisitions, regulatory changes, and you know technology opportunities that lead to a future state refresh. Now, you also asked me about advice for our listeners on this topic. Um, if, if, if you want to be able to become a proactive enterprise architecture group, uh, I think there's a couple of things that I would suggest that you need to try to accomplish. Uh, number one is you need to have at least one person that is freed from tactical, um, deadline-oriented, milestone-driven, project-based duties. So that person can keep advancing enterprise architecture to be more proactive, working on roadmaps, business strategy linkage, capabilities, you know, the, the kinds of deliverables that represent future state. And then secondly, um, focus on how you take those artifacts to portfolio decision makers. You know, what is the timing? Uh, what is the frequency? What is the process by which you deliver these artifacts? And, and even getting you know, the, the, the portfolio decision makers input on what kind of information they need so that they can make the kinds of decisions that we talked about earlier, rationalizing long-term needs with immediate needs in the projects that are going to become a part of the portfolio. So, George, what else would you add uh, as advice for our listeners? Well, I just kind of want to loop back to, to one word you mentioned earlier, and that was road mapping. Uh, road mapping is a very important deliverable out of, an, out of an EA function, and it actually involves more people than just the EA group. It, it truly is a portfolio conversation. You know, the way we think about road mapping is uh, that they are the, the pointwise steps between the current state and the future state. Uh, they're going to be more accurate in the earlier parts of that journey. And, and as you chase the future state and these external influences that, that Tim was describing come along and you adjust your, your future state, you're also going to have to adjust your roadmap. But the key element of the roadmap is that uh, it's meant to reflect the, the changes in the portfolio from the current state to the future state, adding in, deleting, and changing portfolio elements along with the needs of the business. So with that, uh, I'd like to wrap us up today, say thanks to Tim, uh, and to thank you all for listening. Uh, come back and visit our website and scri- subscribe to be notified of uh, the next podcast. And remember, as I said in the beginning, if you have any comments or follow-up questions, uh, please feel free to reach out to us through our website. So we'd like to thank you all for today. Uh, Tim, take care. Thanks, George. Goodbye, everyone.